pass to Leitner. Puts it up. You're listening to the Culture State Podcast. Get ready. Welcome back to another great episode of the Culture State Podcast. This week, this one hits home for me. I mean, we got to take it back to the 336, take it back to UNCG, Mm -hmm. because we're talking to the most decorated American basketball player overseas ever. You would think that distinction would go to somebody who played in a Power Five. No, 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 no. It goes to somebody who played at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. Makes me proud. Oh, once again, three three six love on the proud. Culture Stake podcast. Yeah, you know what? And it was pretty cool the fact that you guys actually were in school at the same time together. That man, you're talking about Kyle Hines. Yep, exactly. Um, one of my one of my homies. We've stayed in contact since um, we've been in school, and uh, definitely proud of him. And I learned some new things even through this interview. Um, we talk about him being in the NBA, which teams were going after him, and which yeah. team offered him. A guaranteed contract, and he said, "No, I'm going to make my bread overseas." And he's been making it overseas uh, since then. So I think you guys will enjoy this. If you're not familiar with the name, um, make sure you listen. It's a great story, and then also you'll see how we we're kind of connected and how he kind of helped my radio career, which eventually turned into my television career as well. So uh, you're going to enjoy this one right here, Kyle Hines. After this on the Culture State Podcast, we have okay. to take you back. All the way to 2004, right? Right. A young freshman at UNCG, mm-hmm. Chris Lee, was just trying to find himself and was like, hey, like, I need to learn how to get on radio and everything. And then I'm at a basketball game and you see this guy who's six foot six, but blocking everything <laughs> out of the gym. And you're like, that's who I need to interview. So then you, you talk to UNCG, you set it up, and you never knew that. That would be like your actual first interview of many interviews. But then this guy would go on to become literally the GOAT American player overseas. His name is Kyle Hines. We'll, we'll fill in the story for you guys as you're listening. But, Kyle, <laughs> thank you so much, my UNCG classmate. Go Spartans. Definitely, definitely. Uh, he was on the court. I was in the stands. I was cheering. Um, and, and so it's, it, it was cool to be alongside him. Uh, Dennis, uh, this is, Kyle's a great guy. So I'm, I'm excited that you even get a chance to be a part of all this Spartan greatness right now. Well, there's always – well, Kyle, real quick, Chris is never afraid to bring on some 336 love, just to uh, let you know that. Anything Gre- he can do – Greensboro all day, man. Greensboro yeah, anything all day, do. man. Did, did he tell you about the time recently where he actually screwed up the UNCG fight chant? Did oh, man. Okay. You, you have it ready, don't you? I, I, just didn't, I just didn't know if Chris had told you You that. have it ready. <laughs> you have it ready right now? Yes, sir. And right after Culture State Saturdays, right, mm-hmm. right here on 99.9 The Fan, you can listen to all the games, including at 1245, UNCG, the Spartans, taking on Florida State. U-N-C-G. I messed up my own chant. No, you're done. I messed up my own chant. You're done. Oh, my god! How did you mess up your own chant? I don't know. How do I need to go back to the drawing board. What did I do? Oh, man. Go take a walk. We're about to take a break. All right. We're, we're taking it, away your your menorah your menorah car. We're taking away the, uh, no. the Spartan car. We're taking it away, man. No, 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 taking no, no. it away, man. I I think I I think I've earned it back since then because that that was in in 2021. I've I've earned it back since then. Yeah, we 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 might we have, we might we have to talk to the chancellor. We got man to uh, get your get your diploma back. <laughs> Wow. That's funny. <laughs> That's good. 
Dennis is a little bit of a heel, so he he loves to um he loves to be the bad guy. So he's he's definitely gonna do that. Tell me um, where I'm wrong, though, Chris. Just so, uh, tell me where I'm wrong. Go ahead. I <laughs> well, let's get into the interview right now. Uh, so for those who don't know, just to have a, a more formal introduction, Kyle Hines, originally from uh, Sicklerville, New Jersey, um, currently playing overseas for Olympia Milano. Um, man, Kyle, how many times have you won um, a championship over there? Oh, man. Uh, uh, honestly, I don't Can't know. Even count. <laughs> Can't even count. Can't even count. That's know. how I've been, many I've, been, I've been fortunate, man. I've been very fortunate, very blessed um, to be put in a lot of great situations to to win a lot of titles um, over my now will be 15 years, uh, 15 years in Europe. And he's so, he's not going to tell us the number. Okay. Uh, yeah, I four don't, times. I, I don't play. Four, I, the EuroLeague one, um, which I think two of them are back here. So two of them are back here. Um, but yeah, I won the Euroleague one four times, uh, the domestic league ones and all the other ones. I honestly, I have, I have no idea. Like I'm, I have no idea. Honestly. <laughs> Again, the most, most decorated American player ever. Um, so I, I wanted to talk to you about this though. Um, yeah. one of the things that, you know, coming out of, out of college, you know, I got a chance to see you, uh, go up against a lot of big time stars. I mean, you went against Steph Curry. Uh, yep. When he was at Davidson, uh, what's my man's name? Um, something Martin was at Western uh, Carolina. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Martin. Kevin Martin. Mm-hmm. He was over. He was at Western Carolina at the time. A lot of big time, you know, uh, stars playing in the Southern Conference at that time. And yeah. uh, coming out of college, which uh, I think I remember maybe the San Antonio Spurs, which NBA teams were giving you a, a look and how close were you or weren't you to potentially making the NBA? Um, so I had I had three teams that were very interested: um, the San Antonio Spurs, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and at the time shows our age, the Charlotte Bobcats. Um, so so those were the three teams. Um, San Antonio, I thought was San Antonio was going to draft me because they said I kind of fit their kind of like undersized. They were like the first of like the undersized big, um, you know, big men mold. So I thought they were going to draft me. Um, Cleveland um, invited me to training camp. Um, I, I went there and I had like a great showing and they loved me. So they invited me to training camp. Um, and then Charlotte, um, the Bobcats, because, you know, we were, you know, so close in proximity to Greensboro. Um, a lot of the people that worked in the front office, you know, were familiar with me. So they wanted to give me a legit shot too. So those were the three teams that were, um, actually the most interested. I mean, I'm probably, probably the one that, uh, looking back on it now, um, I would have loved to have, you know, been like a play with the Bobcats. I mean, to, to go from Greensboro to Charlotte, I mean, I think that would have been, that would have been a super cool experience. And then also with Cleveland, I mean, that's when LeBron was there. So to say that yeah. I shared the same, the same locker room with LeBron, that would have been, that would have been an awesome, awesome experience. Now, at what point did you realize, hey, you know what, this NBA thing isn't going to work, but you could pivot and go overseas? Um, at what point when- did you realize that that was the path that you – that you should take when my agent called me and asked me to have a passport I mean honestly I mean I think you know for me um I wasn't even thinking about going overseas like you know I, I thought um I had tunnel vision like you know I thought like I was just going to go to the NBA you know I mean as a kid growing up you know that was the dream you know to go to the NBA and for me to you know to be right there and potentially in my mind thought I was you know really close to potentially making it um, I didn't want to go overseas. Um, I had, I was, you know, I was like, I had my mindset that I was going to try to come here, grind it out and try to figure what, figure out how to get my way in. Um, and then I had the phone call with my agent. Um, he was out, he was just joking, you know, asked me to have my passport. 
Um, and then he was talking, you know, to some teams and also some NBA teams, and they pretty much suggested, it was like, listen, like, you know, if he goes overseas, we feel like he'll have a better opportunity to develop his game, um, you know, become more mature as a player. Um, and then next summer he could come back around and kind of see where it's at. So I didn't expect, um, you know, looking back on it now, that I would be overseas in Europe, you know, playing, you know, as long as I did. Um, I initially thought it was just kind of almost be like a stopgap um, in between me, you know, trying to, you know, fulfill my NBA dream. Yeah, and but one of the interesting things that ended up happening too is that like you're you're a star over there, man. Like you you've yeah. done your thing, um, and and it's it's one of those cool things to kind of look back and, and see uh, how how you've been able to grow. And one of the things I've always said to people: if he was six foot nine, he's in the NBA. You know, no no question. Uh, do you feel like your height at six foot six, being a power forward? has been uh has made you kind of like an, an underdog and, and does it and how does it benefit you as you are playing your game i mean for sure i mean i mean ever since i was in high school um you know people look at me and it was probably one of the reasons why i mean fortunate for me but probably one of the reasons i ended up at uncg and not at some you know high level um program because you know i had the stats i had you know, everything that would say will qualify or put you you know put you in place you played against you know some of the top players you know in the country when i was in high school and i fared well against them to be at an ACC school or a Big E school or a Big Ten school, but the only knock was always was my height. You know, they was like, oh, well, you know, can a six, I, I say six, six, but I'm really like six, three and a half, six, four, you know, on a good day. Um, but can a really? six, four guy, yeah. Maybe I'm man, so yeah. short because I was like, <laughs> I was like, man, he's legit six, six, but I don't know, I'm five, nine. So everything after six, two is just like, whatever. It's according with shoes I wear, man. I always try to wear, you know, shoes that would let me, <laughs> give me a couple inches, lift, but, um, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, but um, yeah. So, I mean, I think I think that was just always something that I always knew in my mind that it was something I was about to go go against. Like I said, I mean, high school and college, um, and even when I got to overseas, I remember when I was in the when I signed with the team in, in second division in Italy, um, the newspaper wrote an article and it was saying, "Can a six four guy, you know, play here in Italy or play overseas?" Um, so, like I said, it, it's even still to this day, um, you know, people ask me on the street, they ask me, like, you know, what position you play? And they're like, are you a point guard or are you a shooting guard? I'm like, no, I play power forward center. They look at me like, like, no, nah, you're not supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to be taller. So, to my advantage, you know, I, honestly, because, like, it's, you know, I'm not going to grow overnight. I mean, as much as I can, you know, try to stretch my legs out or, you know, try to hang on the coat hanger backwards, I knew from early on, like, this is what, this is what, this is how tall I'm going to be. So I just basically try to, you know, use the tools that, I, that I've been given with and, and try to make the best of them. So, I mean, I just try to use, you know, try to be more creative, try to, you know, try to use my strength, my quickness. You know, I have really long arms, so try to use my length to my advantage. And I think, you know, for me, um, I think that's probably put me in the best position. And I said, I think I think also, too, the fact that, like, I'm, I'm short, I think a lot of players, taller players, probably don't think that I can do the things I can do. So it does give me kind of that underdog kind of mentality and it kind of gives me that underdog, you know, type of type of feeling. So like when I do do it, I think a lot of people are surprised. I will say this though, really quick, Dennis, like he does have some long arms for his body. And maybe yeah. that's probably why I thought you're taller, you're six, six, but like, what, what is your wingspan really quick? Uh, my wingspan is seven, two and a half. And yeah. And I wear a size 16 shoe. I've been, I've been my, I've, I've worn the same size shoe since I was in the eighth grade. So people thought I was going to be like 6'10", 6'11". So like yeah. everybody was like, and I had long arms. So they always make the joke. It's like, you know, like you're going to be tall. You just got to wait till your body catches up to your feet and your arms and your hands. And I end up stopping at 6'4". That's why I play center because 
you know, at the time back then, it was like the tallest guy. You know, yeah. you get the number, you get the jersey number fifty-five, and yeah. you go on the block, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that's it. That, and that's what it was. So, yeah, and that's why you blocking everything. He led uh, the nation in blocks during his freshman year. Yeah, just just keep that in, in perspective. <laughs> yeah. I, I I wear a size twelve and a half, thirteen shoe, and I'm five ten. So I I gotta get it. I, I can't. I, I can't remember the last time I wore a size twelve and a half, thirteen shoe, man. <laughs> Sixth grade. Sixth grade. I know. For, I got big feet for a guy my height. Oh, so going overseas and adjusting to that style of play. What was the hardest thing about adjusting to European style basketball? Um, I mean, European style basketball is 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 completely different. The mentality is completely different. You know, you know, over here, um, I say it all the time, it's like versus, uh, you know, almost checkers versus chess, if you want to kind of put it, you know, it has a good, a good analogy. It's like, you know, the NBA, it's all about speed, athleticism, you know, going, you know, going this way. Um, overseas, it's more methodical. You know, you got to read the game. You know, you have guys that are not as athletic, but a little, little more skilled. So the game is a different game. It's a slower paced game. And it's more of like, you know, you got to think. It's more about strategy based. So I think, that was the hardest part, um, you know, for me um, going, you know, going from where I was playing in college where I was, you know, the go to player where I can, you know, shoot the ball or score the ball or, you know, do whatever I want anytime I want it. Now going to Europe where it was like a structured system where I really had to play within the team system. I think initially that was the part that I struggled the most, but I think it was also the part that um, helped me develop my game and help me become a better basketball player because I wasn't so much like I'm just going to put my head down and go to the basket. It actually, you know, if I was going to play, then I actually had to be able to read the game, understand the game, become a better player, both on the course. So I think it actually helped me. And I think that's the reason why I was able to have the success I've had so far in my career. Um, I want to ask you, going back on what you were saying before about, you know, the NBA was always the goal. Uh, were there any other times during your career, you know, year three, year four, year five, or whatever, year 10, that yeah. maybe there was an opportunity there to, to go? Uh, did you decide against that? Is that were you just comfortable overseas? What what's what's keeping you over there? Yeah, so I, I had a um I had an opportunity um and after year I think it was year before I left I left Olympiacos in Greece. So I think it was year five, um in between year six. So it was either go with the Atlanta Hawks. They had offered me a guaranteed contract. It was like a one oh, wow. plus one or two. Yeah, offered me a guaranteed contract, or go play for this team in Russia called Cheska Moscow, which is like the the top echelon, you know, if I was to explain it in, in, in our, our terms at home, it's like playing for the Lakers or, you know, playing mm -hmm. for that, okay. that type of team. It's like type, type echelon team. So it was like either, you know, go to the NBA or go play for this team um, in, in Moscow, Russia, who's like, you know, one of the you know perennial favorites every year. Um, so basically what it came down to was like, you know, I had just, you know, had a lot of success in Europe. I felt really comfortable in Europe. Um, and I was like, you know, I was like, I, I couldn't turn down this opportunity to go play for this team. Um, mm -hmm. It's silly to say now. It's probably silly to say now. Like, I would rather go to Moscow, Russia and play in Moscow, Russia than, you know, go play in, in, um, for the Atlanta Hawks. But, um, like I said, I mean, it ended up being, like, a, a, a great decision. Um, because, I mean, one thing about the NBA, the NBA is great. But for me, you know, more likely I probably would end up being – you know, one of the, you know, I would say probably one of the 10th or below players or, you know, something like that on a, on a depth chart. So, you know, the NBA is all about opportunity. So you have to yeah. go into the place where you got to have the best opportunity. There's a lot of great players that play um, that are on roster that don't get a chance to play. Versus I was like, if I go to Cheska, they're fight for European titles. I know my role. I understand what I'm going to be at. I understand the situation. And I had already had success. 
So I was like, you know, I'm I'm going to uh, make the decision. So sometimes still today, you know, I always think about what, you know, what is, what, what could have happened. But, um, I mean, I'm honestly thankful that it didn't happen because, you know, for me to have this opportunity to live in Moscow, Russia, and, and to be as successful I have, as I have, um, never would have happened if I probably even went to the league. Yeah. Speaking of some of these cities overseas, what are some of the more fun places you've been able to either play or visit? My favorite city that I've played in, um, I mean, it's kind of weird to say now, but honestly, it was Moscow, Russia. Um, okay. Now, I mean, obviously now everything in the news and everything, but um, it, I think also it was because of I already had this like pre, uh, always, always already had this preconcept like notion about Russia. You know, Russia is a natural adversary from the U.S., you know, with going back to Rocky and Bonewinkle, to Rocky movies, to, you know, to all these different types of stuff. Um, so, you know, I, I automatically thought like Russia was like, you know, with grizzly bears running around the streets and Kodiak bears and, you know, you know, a bunch of people with strange accents, you know, so that's what I thought Russia was like. But then you get to Moscow and it's like this city is like incredible. It's beautiful. I mean, like literally like you go into like this, the subway, or the metro stations, every subway is, has its own theme when it's like a museum. You know, you go to one station, they have like old old school tapestry, you know, hanging from the ceiling. You go other words, they have like marble, you know, marble uh, head headstones of like, you know, great philosophers. Um, so, you know, going there to go see the Red Square and all different type of stuff. So for me, um, you know, surprisingly, you know, um, I think that was probably my favorite city that I, that I played in. My favorite city that I've traveled to, I would say there's two unique ones. Well, one unique one, uh, Astana, uh, Kazakhstan. Okay. Um, it's a city like in the middle, middle of nowhere. Um, but it's like a huge, like technological city. Like they got like, mm. like the top tech, like in the world there, like they got buildings and like, you know, you see like the graphics, like people like moving on the billboards and all that stuff. Like the city is like full of them. So, I mean, so that city was like really dope. And then also Barcelona. Um, Barcelona is like one of my favorite cities to actually go and travel to. I mean, it's a major city. It's amazing culture. So to me, I mean, those are probably the, the three that stick out the most. But I've been fortunate, man. I've been fortunate enough to travel and, you know, be a, be a, be almost just about everywhere. Um, I, I wanted to know about this, too, because and this is going to make us seem old and I'm not trying to. But like when you came out of school and when we came out of school, it, small ball wasn't really the thing in the NBA. No. Uh, and it's it's become a thing now and and somebody i think about with you you never i've never really seen you kind of like um really in, initiate offense a lot but i know you have the ability to yeah. to take the ball up the court for sure and i think about what you would have been like as like an early version of Draymond Green for for yeah. uh some team in the NBA like you know that matchup problem you can uh, you can work down low, but then you can also like uh, bring the ball up and and distribute if you need to. But then like you know, of course, you just said you have a seven two wingspan, so you can block almost anything, right? You know, and it probably will catch people off off guard. Uh, have you thought about that? Like you know, if if opportunities were different, if the style play uh, a play was different in the NBA, maybe um, you know back then, maybe you could be, could have been like a Draymond Green uh, there for a particular team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think if the if the if the league, I mean, at the time then the league was like such a cookie cutter league. So the league was mm -hmm. all about like if you're six eight, six nine, you're a power forward. If you're six whatever, you know, you're this. If you're six three, you're a point guard. Like so, the league is a lot different now. Everything is positionless. Like there's you you see the Golden State Warriors. They literally have five guys out there 
um, and you really can't tell what position is who, you know. So I think now um, with the new brand, the new, you know, new style of basketball, um, I probably would have had more opportunities um, where, you know, instead of maybe three teams that are, were seriously looking at me, it probably would have been, you know, 24, 25, maybe something like that. Just because the, the NBA, just like all professional sports, is, are copycats. So yeah. if the Golden State Warriors are doing well, then somebody's going to go out there. We're trying to run, you know, find the next player that's going to be run the Golden State Warriors offense like that. So for me, like you said, I think I kind of fit that almost like Draymond Green type of like, you know, type of style. So maybe, you know, that would have been an opportunity. But I mean, at the same time, um, I have no regrets, man. I honestly have no regrets. Like, yeah. you know, I've, I've got an opportunity to do things and go places and see things that, you know, that I never would imagine. Like, I'm from a small town in South Jersey. Like, I went to UNCG. Like, you know, I never would have thought that, like, you know, basketball would take me to these opportunities to, you know, be able to see the world. So, I mean, so I think about it sometimes, but, uh, you know, automatically I always think about, like, man, like, you don't even think that way. Just, just be, happy, be happy for what you, you know, what you have in front of you and what you have done so far. Absolutely. Going overseas, what was the hardest adjustment for you personally and your personal life, not just on the court, but just – I mean, just – I mean, I'm leaving, leaving my, 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 my friends and my family and just going to a whole new culture. Like, I went to a town, literally, it's a mountain village in Italy. Um, 5,000 people that live there. It's just, yeah. Wow. <laughs> More people 5, at UNCG than this town. More, Exactly. Exactly. The town was the town was like the the size of like our of our student center or something like that. Like it wasn't it wasn't huge at all. There was literally one gas station. One person spoke English. Um, literally, I can take my had the long wingspan. My wingspan. I could take my hands from each side and touch the walls from each or touch the sides of the streets. Um, wow. <laughs> literally, there was like two people two people in the town that spoke English. People would literally be had. There's wild goats and chickens and horses running around. People would literally come take their laundry to the middle, you know, of the of the the, the watering hole in town, and they're watching. They're like you see in the movies. Like literally, I went back in the time. Like literally, I went back in the time. Like it was like I was going like in like to like you know some old you know like I think is it Godfather two or something like that um, mm-hmm. or Godfather one. Um, like going back like where Michael went. Like that's that's the that's the type of place I lived at where I first played at. Um, so that was the, like the initial like culture shock. Like I never done anything and never been there. I've been I've been in South Jersey, Philadelphia, Greensboro, North Carolina, and for me to go there and it was like wow. I was like, Yo, what did I just do? Like, where did I just put myself? Like, I was immediately for like the first five days I didn't leave my apartment because I was scared to because I didn't know. I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. I'm this 21 year old kid and like, where do I go? What did I do? So, um, but. In the same token, I mean, I think that town was the reason why, um, you know, I was able to grow appreciation and love about being in Europe because everything there was, like, super authentic. Like, it was, like, super genuine. Like, you know, if I would have went to, like, a bigger city, maybe I wouldn't have had the same, like, affliction or affection for being in Europe. Because um, I went to the town and you would go to the restaurant and you would ask, like, you know, what's on the menu? And the guy would go in the back and he's, like, taking the fresh fish from the, you know, from where he just caught. He's taking, pulling basil from the trees. He's pulling fresh tomatoes and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So I really got to have, like, a full experience of, like, you know, what Europe is and what, you know, what it is to really play overseas. So, um, like, the first I didn't really appreciate it, but I think over time I really grew to really appreciate and really enjoy living there. All right, I got to ask you this as a UNCG alum, and uh, I apologize for the people who didn't go to UNCG who don't know yeah. the names I'm about to say right now. Okay. But okay. 2007 <laughs> UNCG Spartans, 2007 UNCG Spartans, you got yeah. yourself, Ricky Hickman, uh, you've got uh, Kevin Alexiak, Dwayne Johnson, yeah. and then yeah. 
versus the 2019 UNCG Spartans, where you got Isaiah Miller, Francis Alonzo, uh, and, and so many others. Uh, I don't even think the Langley Qu Twins had gotten there yet. I don't think they had gotten there yet. Um, who wins in, in that case? Um, in 2019, UNCG Spartans went to the NCAA tournament, too, so I just want to throw yeah. that out there. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, funny enough, you know, Duke, Dwayne Johnson, he lives in my neighborhood. He lives three He lives three doors. Oh, wow. Three doors down the street from me, yeah. So, so I'm like, said hello, man. He's, he's will, like, going on social media. I don't even know where you're at. Yeah, man, he's, 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 man, he's, like, literally, funny story is, um, you know, he, him and his wife, you know, will come down, um, and they will come down and come visit us. Um, they were like, oh, we like the neighborhood. So literally that next summer, I went overseas. The next summer I came back and I just see him pulling up. I'm like, yo, what are you doing here? He was like, oh, we bought the house three doors down the street. And they didn't, they didn't tell us. <laughs> they didn't tell us until That's we like, funny. until we pulled up. So, um, so yeah, so I mean, I get a chance to, to, to see him every day. Me and him were just playing like one-on-one -on -one in the backyard, like two, three days ago. So we had this, like, we still had like this little rivalry going on, but uh, and KO, I talk to KO all the time. Um, I just seen him a couple couple weeks ago too. So and Ricky, I talk to Ricky every literally every other day. Um, so of course, just to answer that question, I'm gonna go with my guys. Of course, we're gonna win. Like, yeah, we we definitely would have won. Like, it wouldn't even been no, it wouldn't even been no question, man. We definitely would have won, man. We definitely won at those guys, man. We we uh, our team was our team was. I mean, our team was good. I mean, they had a really great team. Um, Isaiah and all those guys. I mean, they were they were really great, but. Nah, man, I'm, I'm putting it, I'm putting it on us. We're the one for sure. You guys are definitely the best uh, UNCG team that that didn't get a chance to win a, a SoCon championship. Yeah, because um, of Steph Curry, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about let's talk about that guy. Yeah, yeah you heard of him? Yeah, man, right. I, I do want to I do want to ask you this. So, uh, Fran McCaffrey is who brought you to UNCG. Of course, he left yeah. after your freshman year to go to Iowa. He's still at Iowa doing his thing. Uh, he's coached some amazing teams. I was me and a lot of other people were afraid. Like, oh man, everybody's about to transfer, but everybody stayed. What kept yeah. you guys at, at UNCG um, outside of you know whatever happened as far as like how Mike Dement may have uh, you know how you guys may have uh, uh, gelled with Mike Dement when he came and took over? What kept you guys at, at UNCG because you you definitely after your freshman year you definitely could have gone to probably an ACC school for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we all we all flirted with the idea, but honestly, like what I just talked to you about, like the the friendship, like the the mm -hmm. bond, like the to use the Duke term, the brotherhood, like you know, like that was like what kept us because, like, like till this day, like I can call Ricky, I can call Duke, I can call Ko, I can call some of those guys to this day, and we're still like, like we're still like best friends. Mm -hmm. So I think like once that we all decided, like we all decided together, like listen, like we we enjoy it here, we love it here. So we're going to like, we're going to continue to be here no matter who the coach was like, cause like we felt like, you know, whoever the coach was didn't necessarily determine, you know, had a big factor on who we were and who our group was. We felt like we, we could determine we can do that for ourselves. So I think really it was just a relationship, the relationship that we built. Like, you know, if we didn't like each other. I think all of us would have went our separate ways. We could have easily went to Fran or went to ACC or all, you know, all whatever. But I think all of us just enjoyed really like being around and like, and it's like generally liked each other. And that, I think that's evident today, you know, 15 years later, you know, we're still, still all best friends and still, still still talk to this day. All right, my final question. What was it like first meeting Chris Lee? <laughs> I mean, he, sure. he was uh, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't wearing the suit, man. This is two thousand four, so man, he was he had the you know, he had the baggy the baggy shorts on and the the, the full five X T on and um honestly I, I yeah I a lot different, a lot different than the, 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 the buttoned up Chris Lee, you know, Chris Lee that you see now. Totally different. He was, first of all, he was so smooth. 
That's how everybody oh. knew him. Everybody knew him as DJ Show Smooth. That's it. Mm-hmm. DJ Show Smooth. Whether or not he was on the radio or he was like, you know, pushing like parties and events and CDs and, you know, all that stuff. Like he was like this, like the, you know, like he, he knew all the music everywhere to go. So that's the type of person he was. So, um, you know, the first time we met each other, like, I think that was my first interview and I was nervous. Like I didn't, I didn't even know that was your first interview. I think until we talked about later on down the time, but I was nervous. That was like one of the first interviews I did. And I was like, I was like, man, I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't even know who I'm talking to. I'm just, you know, just going with this guy and we're just, you know, just chopping it up. But, you know, over the over the over the course of history, man, it's been like it's been great like meeting him and seeing him, seeing the success that he's had. Like it's been, you know, it's been great. And I'm I'm honored to say, like, you know, I've been, you know, his first interview. Like he's interviewed so many great people and done so many great stuff. So I mean, even to this day, it's almost like fifteen years later, man, or even longer than that. It's like kind of like full circle that we're, you know, that we're back. You know, you know, talking to each other, talking about our families, talking about our kids, talking about all yeah. different types of stuff. Back then, we was just like, "Yo, where the party at? Yo, we're, we're, what time? What time we linking up at Green Street? What time we doing this? What you time know? we doing that?" So it's a totally different situation. So, Kyle, I, I don't want to make you feel old, but since since you were my first interview, that was in two thousand four. You realize that the people who are about to start at UNCG as their freshmen were born at yeah. that time. I, yeah, that, that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're, it's depressing yo, to think about. We're that old, but I like I don't I don't. Yeah, it's bad, man. You just ruined my day, man. I'm sorry. Ruined <laughs> my day too. I exactly. also started college the fall of 2004, so I yeah, exactly. See, see, yeah. but like, but you like, but like, you don't feel that. Like you don't feel old. Like I don't. No, feel not old at all. Until I get around a bunch of 18 year olds, I'm like, damn, I'm old. Like, <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't feel that way until like you start putting like these numbers and start putting like those types of stuff like in perspective. You like, damn, like. Like that that class, the class of 2022 was born when we. Dang, that's crazy, bro. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. S- sorry, I, I I'm sorry for yeah, that. I just, it's just one of the things that I kind of thought about because I'll talk to people like, no, I, w- I was I wasn't in school that long ago. Like, you know, I started in 2004, and then you realize like, yeah. oh, the person I was talking to, they were born in 2004. That so that sounds like forever ago. So, you know, yeah. you know, also like I, what I realized too is like you'll be on the radio. And they'll be like, oh, we're going to take this all the way back. Here it is. This by 50 Cent in the club came out in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, damn. <laughs> this album came out 20 all years. All the way back. Yeah, album came back 20 years ago. And I'm just like, damn. Like, you know, we was, I get for like just yesterday. And it's like, you like, damn. I feel, I feel out like my parents. Throwback, you know? Exactly, right? <laughs> So uh, Crazy, man. we'll we'll go ahead and start ending this, but uh, I I appreciate your time. It's you know as a as a Spartan, but then also as somebody who um, you know we had our communication studies um, mm-hmm. uh, actual graduation. It was Heinz, then it was Lee. So I got a chance to be right there next to you. Uh, it's cool to see where you've gone too, man, and and see how you've literally become the best overseas player. Thank you from from the United States of America ever. Uh, that is that is dope to me. Uh, to see that, but as as we as we leave out, I'm gonna leave you with this question: Who is the UNCG goat? You or Isaiah Miller? There's I mean, an argument for both, though. There's an argument for both. I mean, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. Isaiah Isaiah is an amazing player, man. He's what he's done and the things that I think he done um, has accomplished has has put UNCG in a place that, uh, you know, that is, that is going to be bright for the, you know, forever come. I mean, all this, all the things he does, I mean, he continues every time he plays, he does a highlight 
And he makes me proud to say that I went to UNCG when they're showing his highlights and stuff on SportsCenter. So, um, I mean, I'm going to, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say both of us, man. Um, you know, I'm, I'm like I said, man. I think, I think, you know, I helped kind of lay the groundwork. Um, but I mean, I'm going to say both of them, man. Like, I think, I think for me, and I think also you, um, you know, there was a time where, you know, where, you know, UNCG basketball wasn't necessarily of the, the proudest place to say that, you know, that you were associated or affiliated with. So I think now the program has gotten to a point where it's like, you know, we can contend. Like, we've, we've been in the NCAA tournament. We've been different places. So I think, you know, to be, you know, a part of the UNCG basketball program, I think it's something that we all proud to say. So, um, you know, I'm happy to be a Spartan. I know you are. Um, and, like, to see, you know, Isaiah, to see Francis, to see what the team has built in Langley Twins, to see, you know, what the, the new coach, um, you know, what the new coach has, you know, put in place and the program that, that that's there. Um, you know, I'm really proud. So, man, I'm, like I said, I mean, to answer your question, I'm going to say both. And then I'm going to say hopefully the next the next UNCG goal is, is on the way that's going to surprise both of us very soon. Yeah, I'd love to, love to see it. Um, first off, Dennis, I know you're going to bring it up. You. Yeah. And. Hey. UNCG, hey. fight, fight, fight. Because he's going to bring up the one where I messed up before. But, you know. All right, we want to thank my guy Kyle Hines for joining us. Dennis, what, what were your impressions of him? The fact that he's only actually really 6'4-ish, but the 7'2 wingspan, it's like, yeah. dude should be playing volleyball <laughs> with that yeah. kind of wingspan. Um, yeah. I, I was... I was impressed by the fact that he turned down the NBA to sit there and go, you know what? That might be a good short-term thing, but long-term over here is really things are going to work for me. And they paid off. Here's He made more money going back overseas. Yeah. Well, not only that, but just the fact that he's got to experience so much in terms of cultures, languages, people, food, all that kind of stuff. Bikes going overseas and having that success over there, and he's still been able to provide for his family and set himself up uh, for his future and his life uh, financially. Uh, but I'm not going to lie, Chris. When I sit there and see some people like got to like do all this traveling, go all these different places for their job. I'm like, wait, I clearly got into the wrong profession. You know, clearly. You know, the cool thing about our job, we get a chance to talk to the different people, but it yeah. requires us to be like in one place yeah, <laughs> a lot. Which is cool because if we're going to be in one place, North Carolina is a good place to be at. It's the best place to be. So always got to circle back around to the state for sure. Exactly. <laughs> if you guys are listening to us on Apple, please give us five stars. We really appreciate it. If you're watching on WRL Sports Plus, thank you because mm-hmm. we want those streams and those ratings to go up. And then yeah. um, also make sure you follow us on social media at Chris Lee TV, at The Fan Rookie, also at Culture State Pod. And if you missed this or you want to watch this, Go to YouTube, 99.9 The Fans YouTube page. Subscribe to that. There's a playlist of all Culture State. It's a full playlist. Just us. Just us. And that's all you need, really. That's all you need. Also, speaking of WRL Sports Plus and 99.9 The Fans, if you haven't heard, we're back live Saturdays, 10 to noon on The Fan. This Saturday, September 3rd, we're live at East Carolina. Mm-hmm. For NC State Green and uh, NC State ECU out in Greenville, at Dowdy Ficklin Lower Concourse, Chris and I, we're gonna be there. It's gonna be amazing. Uh, There's gonna be a lot of red, a lot of purple, and a lot of tailgating in the area. I can't wait, and we're gonna try to show you all the sights and sounds. Or hey, if you can be there, join us. Come say hey at yeah, the tent because uh, we we would absolutely love to have you there 
ECU versus NC State, Greenville, North Carolina, September 3rd, and Culture State will be there live, 10 to noon. The Culture State Podcast, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network, with new shows coming out every Wednesday. Download and subscribe from wherever you get your podcasts, including the WREL Sports Fan app.